What if your child this holiday season started a project to help other kids in need? How cool would that be? During a time when it's naturally a lot of making lists about what you want and gifts and buying and stuff, which is a part of it, nothing negative at all there. But what if we shift the focus so it's some of that, but it's also a lot of thinking about others? In this episode, I'm going to walk you through how you can help guide your child so they can create their very own community service project, their own plan to help make the holiday season special in some way for kids who are struggling or living in overcrowded situations or in the hospital. The amount of growth and empathy and kindness that comes from doing this is not even describable, especially if your child or children can meet with or experience the world that these other kids live in. It's an impact that can't be made in another way. The way that we all help the world become a more kind place where people look out for each other is through our kids. Today's episode is all about how you can do just that, and it's so much easier than you think. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. This podcast episode combines several things that I am crazy passionate about and have been for a long time. Helping kids in need, teaching our own kids how they can help kids in need, and in general, just doing things in life that spread kindness and joy and are considerate of others and things that are led with, you know, good intentions and empathy and thinking of other people um, that are outside of our world and outside of our kind of daily lives. So I am so passionate about nonprofit work. I started my own nonprofit. It's called The Happiness Project. It is a legal 501c3 nonprofit. I started it about 15 years ago before I had kids of my own. So Stella is almost 13 years old. I started it um, two years before I had her. I have all, I was volunteering. The quick story you might have heard on past podcast episodes that I've done about nonprofits and how it's so much easier than people think to really get in there and help people in your community. But the story, because it directly applies to lots of the tips I'm going to give in this episode today is I was volunteering at homeless shelters and soup kitchens. I would volunteer because I wanted to help out. I wanted to do things that would impact other people's lives, people who really needed it the most. And from volunteering, I could see that there was a pretty big gap between what the shelters needed and what they were able to provide with the resources that they had. So I created the Happiness Project to sort of bridge that gap in some ways. So within my nonprofit, we do programs where we are a we are a contact for many shelters and soup kitchens in Orange County where they can reach out to us if a child needs funding for something that they're not able to provide or the parents aren't able to provide. So say a child needs $60 to play soccer and they're so passionate about soccer and they really want to do it, but they just don't have the $60 and the whoever, whoever brought them to us doesn't have the resources to do this type of thing. 
we either, you know, fund it ourselves or we put it out to our network depending on what it is. Sometimes it's bigger. Sometimes someone wants, a child wants to do an advanced program in school, but they need an iPad or a laptop of their own to be able to do it. So sometimes it's something small like a birthday cake for a child who wouldn't be able to have a birthday celebration otherwise, or something bigger, like a, a bigger ticket tech item. So we either do it within our own, with our own resources. And by we, I'm, I've always done this um, with a zero cost operation. It's me running it and then whatever team I had at the time. So for all those years when I had my company, my, my main company and other small companies, my team always did it just as kind of part of, they loved it. And it was kind of part of their, their job. So the best part for me is I've never had any overhead or any operating expenses. It's always been me and whatever team I had. When I had million dollar team, I have a big, had a bigger team obviously than I did now. And everyone just kind of had their set duties. So it's been able to really have good momentum and grow every year because I've been able to have a little bit more help that I couldn't just, I could physically couldn't run the companies and my family and everything else and have the nonprofit. So I've been fortunate enough to have some help, but the way I'm going to outline it today, you can do it all on your own. And I'm telling you, I think a lot of people don't know where to start. They assume that it's going to cost a lot of their own time and a lot of their own money, and they feel like they would need other people to help them. And I'm going to go through always when you can really make some great impact without any of that, because I've learned and I like I try to do everything in life. I try to learn and I try to simplify and I try to just find like, okay, if we take out all the fluff, like what do we actually need here? What are the action items? What are the steps? What are the what are the ideas? What are the options to move the needle? So. I started my nonprofit that way, and then quickly I realized the holidays were something that kids needed. Kids needed a holiday that felt really special. A lot of the kids that we work with are in sad situations. They're Maybe they're fighting cancer in the hospital, or they're living in a homeless shelter, or they're living in an apartment with several families, which is considered homeless because they're living in a, you know, a very overcrowded situation, or they are... A, they they qualify for free meals at school and their meals at school are really their most reliable meals that they have at this at this stage um, in their days. So all different types of people. The reason why I like kids helping kids is because it's very relatable. And also sometimes like I work a lot with people in the homeless community and through different shelters and different people I work with. And here's the thing, the reality of it, because I want to bring it to you in a very real, in a very real way, because that's how this episode will help impact change and help you spark something in you that helps your kids start their own project. But the reality of it is in the homeless community, a lot of people, a lot of kids' parents have made decisions that have led to where they're at. Now, listen, I am in no way generalizing. There are so many people that have been victims of terrible things that have been the main cause of them being in this situation. I work with women who are in sort of these kind of secret, um, these secret shelters where they've been victims of domestic violence and they've left, they've kind of fleed the situation and they are with their kids kind of in these, you know, secret places so they can't be found and they can't be hurt anymore. They've been through, you know, terrible things. Other people that we work with, the parents have ongoing problems with drugs and alcohol and, you know, my mission with the Happiness Project, why I wanted to focus on kids is no matter what poor decisions the parents have made in some cases, not all, some, in some cases, the kids don't deserve it. 
the kids don't deserve to have the instability and um, be hungry and live in oftentimes what is constant sadness, to be totally transparent with you. So I love creating a very big holiday season. So creating throughout the month of December different ways. And that's why I'm doing this podcast at this stage in the year, because I think it is the absolute perfect time to plan for holiday for holiday. And for the momentum of whatever project you do, most people think about donating their time or donating money or doing a gift drive or, you know, buying gifts to contribute to Toys for Tots or things like that during the holiday. We think of charity and donations more during the holiday. That's just how it is. So if you're listening to this podcast later on and it's not the holiday season, you can absolutely take all the same tips we talk about in this podcast. But in the here and now, focusing on kids, helping other kids, and especially for the holiday season. It just, it is such a feel good thing. And I think that it can give so much progress and growth and clarity and gratitude for your kids. And there is no other way for them to get this level level of empathy and gratitude than doing it themselves. I'm telling you, this cannot happen from watching you volunteer or watching you donate money to a cause. It's that deep feeling of appreciation and gratitude that only comes from experiencing something yourself. You know, sometimes someone can give you advice on something, but it's one of those things that unless you do it yourself, unless you experience it yourself, it just doesn't settle in the same way. So I'm going to get into action items, what you can do now to start the process. Because I love breaking things down. I think a lot of times we'll have an idea, but we just don't know where to start. So we can like spend two months or six months like quote unquote thinking about it or quote unquote planning when the best planning is just to take action. Like today, make one phone call, send one email, start the momentum and you will be shocked. You'll get one email reply back. You're like, oh my God, I actually got something going. And then it gives you the confidence and like that worked. Now let me email 10 shelters. So that's our very first action item. Before you do anything, before you talk to your kids about this, before you start getting ideas going, what I would do 100% is contact local groups, contact shelters, contact places like soup kitchens that feed people in need, contact, if you have any kind of local groups that serve like YMCA type groups or local community groups or centers, you can also contact the administration of schools that you know are serving families like that give free lunches, right? That have a lower, that have a lower income sort of bracket for schools, that's another great person to contact. So um, shelters, what we're going to call soup kitchens that that feed people in need. Um, We're going to go to schools that serve low income, um, any other groups that you know, right? So those are kind of the the places where we can find the kids because that's the first step. How can we find the kids that need the most help? So find those in your area. It's a, it's a Google search, it's searches online, and you can find the contacts. Then we want to find out who's the right person to talk to. So that way you're talking directly to the right person, whether you're calling or emailing. And sometimes these people are busy. Um, it can be tricky, but it's just persistence. And all you're trying to do is, hey, I am what I'm I am a mother in the community and I'd love to 
um, find the right person within your organization to see how I can support what you're doing. That's all it is. Then once you get linked up with the right person within their organization, you're going to ask, how can we best support you? What do the children in your organization need that it isn't being fulfilled quite yet? And that's how you really find out the need, right? Like just ask them directly, what is it? Is it, um, do you find that, and you can ask them questions. Maybe they might be, you know, a lot of times these people are busy and overwhelmed and just trying to keep head above water and help people. But they're awesome because if they're working in this capacity, they're awesome people and they just want to help the people within their group. So often, oftentimes they'll have lots of ideas. Oh, let me tell you. Other times they won't know and you'll have to ask them, well, when there's a birthday, is there a birthday gift? Is there a birthday cake? What do you do for the holidays? What do you do when it's back to school time of year? How do the kids get backpacks and school supplies? Um, do the kids have extra snacks at the shelter? All these questions you can think of ahead of time and take notes. So when you're talking to them, and on the phone is really best because you can hear what they say. You can kind of get them going on stories. You can ask them, like, tell me about a typical child, about how many children do you have? What's the age group? Like really get a full picture. Sometimes you might work with many organizations or you might find one that's like, I'm just going to focus on helping support this organization. Now, before you think like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so heavy on my time. I, I, you know, I'm a full-time working parent or whatever your situation is. This does not have to be a crazy time commitment or a crazy financial commitment at all. I want you to think of you and your child or children that you're doing this with. You guys are the organizers and you guys are the facilitators. And your job is to come up with the plan. So you're going to make the connections with the right people and you're going to create the plan. Then you go out and get an army to support your project. That's it. It's not your job to do it all. You're making the connections and you're making the plan and then you're building an army to help make it all happen, right? Doesn't that sound so much more doable? I really think so. And I've helped friends do this, especially friends that live in different parts of the country. Um, I've helped a couple and it's been crazy to see how they've done something similar even on a very small scale, but that impact is huge. Even if it's affecting one family, how huge that is for these kids in need. And then of course, the after effect and in no reason, the re we don't do this for our kids. We do this to help, but the after effect that we know is not selfish. It's like the best because we are instilling in our own children. We're showing them by getting them involved, how good it feels to give back to volunteer, to help people in need. And the reason why I wanted to position this podcast exactly the way I did is because if your children help to design a project, not just do it with you, not just go help serve meals on Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving or whatever you do. That's that's a, that's incredible. I'm not I didn't mean to say it like to downplay it. But it's like a next level memory, core experience if your child understands that they started a project and they made it happen and it made an impact. It's like this deep-rooted self-confidence and it builds this inner kindness. I'm telling you, this inner giving feeling that lasts with them a lifetime because we're not just going to do this once, we're going to do this through the years. Whether it's the same thing that you set up a tradition or whether it's something that you do a new project every year with the same group or a different group. It's not a one-time thing, but the first year is always going to be the hardest because it's like, where do I even begin? 
That's exactly what I'm going to tell you. Okay. So we've contacted the shelters. We've asked them all the questions. Now what we're going to do, we're going to sit down with your child or your children. If you have multiple children, they might want to each do their own project. Maybe for the first time doing it, we kind of decide on one project that your kids together. Now this is going to be completely different depending on their ages, their stages, boy, girl, all the things, right? But even the youngest kids, I'm telling you, I mean, not babies, but um, from, you know, like ages three and up, obviously the younger kids, like three to six, you're going to, you're going to do a lot more of it. But even at that young age, they will have ideas. I'm telling you, give them credit. They will have ideas. So this is what I want you to do. You know, I love a blank piece of paper and we do a brain dump. Ask your child these questions, or if they're too young, answer them for your children. What are you most interested in right now? And write down everything. Spider-Man, making bracelets, Legos, slime, whatever it is from, I'm telling you, age three to a teenager. What are you into? Just tell me everything. What are you into? What's cool? What do you love? What do you like doing in your free time? Write it all down. Talk to your kids next about how other kids don't have the things that we're just used to. This is such a good opportunity to have the conversation in an age-appropriate way, of course, just how grateful you personally feel and also how not everyone has the same comforts that we do. And so ask them, how would you like to help kids this holiday season? How would you like to help kids who are in need have a better, more fulfilling holiday? So their holiday is joyful and they have presents to open and they have yummy holiday meals. How would you help kids this holiday? So do a full brain dump page, right? Like one full page all about the things your child's into or your kids are into, their ideas, you know? Now listen, you've talked to a shelter or you've already kind of made that connection. You've already done the groundwork. So you can help sort of lead this because you know what the need is. But this conversation should really be like kid-driven. This is what they think. And you can give them insight, of course. Well, when I talked to this group, this is what they shared. Here are the struggles. Give them the tips and then let them get some ideas. Here are some ideas. And they could be lots of ideas. Some could be terrible. It's fine. Write them down. Even the most terrible idea can sometimes lead to a great idea. Here are some examples. These are examples of ways that your kids can create a project. These are project ideas for helping other kids this holiday season. Host a toy drive. So maybe you connect with a shelter. Now, one thing I must say, if you're doing holiday projects, this is all, we're working on new stuff. We're working on new stuff, get things stuff. Throughout the year, during holiday, we don't do any collecting of, you know, used coats and things like this is all new. But during the year, we'll do drives to collect, um, you know, gently used clothing that we can drop off at shelters. But during the holiday, it's all new, new toys, new clothes, new donations. So they can host their own toy drive. Maybe it's through the school, maybe it's through the church or through maybe a local business like a a hair salon or your dentist helps you by putting a box there and helping that be the collection place. Or maybe you feel comfortable and you have lots of close friends that you just do the collection at your house and people drop off toys. They can create this whole program. They can describe what kind of toys they're looking for and make it so it's very intentional about the toy drive. Next, plan to serve a meal in some way. Somehow, some way, plan a 
meal service. Next idea, hot cocoa stand. Like a lemonade stand, but holiday style. The money raised could be used to buy toys for kids in a shelter or kids in a hospital for the holidays. Next, your child or children could set up an adopt a family program. Now, I've done this with my nonprofit in many different ways. And really, what I found is the most efficient and the easiest for the people donating and the most helpful for the families receiving the help is to connect with one group and basically get a list of the different families. So say you reach out to a shelter, they have 10 families. Then you ask them, can you give me the ages and genders of the children, you could, depending on what you're actually going to do, whether you're putting together baskets of snacks or a basket for a holiday meal, or if you're packing gift bags for the children, all different options. Um, but I love to figure to find out as much as I can about the family. So how many kids are in the family, age, gender, what would be most helpful this holiday season, what's their biggest obstacle right now. And really by asking some questions in a gentle way, you can really figure out how you can support the kids the most, right? Maybe they say, you know, we're, we can cover the essentials, but we have absolutely nothing extra for holiday gifts. Okay, perfect. That gives you some direction. So when you adopt a family or when you're setting up for other people to adopt families, um, that's a really good way to do it. Now, two different things. One is you can just adopt a family yourself. So if you want to do this in the most simple way, you could reach out to a family, I'm sorry, reach out to a shelter and ask them, is there one specific family that my family could, you know, sort of adopt this holiday season? We'd like to provide a Thanksgiving meal, a meal around Christmas time, and a few, you know, extra goodies, whatever it is. Or we'd just like to provide a bag of presents for each of the children in the family. Your one family is supporting another family. Or you can do this, but on a bigger scale where you are the organizer. So you organize 10 families in need and you find 10 families to kind of each pair up and quote unquote, adopt a family to support. So lots of different ways to do it. One is your family helping one family, which is huge. That's you know, a family that wouldn't likely have otherwise had help this holiday season. And then of course, like next, next leveling that is taking that same model. And again, it's not costing you any extra. It's taking you more of your time, but like how, what else could be a better use of time than, than really helping people on a bigger scale and impacting many families through this project that you're doing with your kids. Next up, Create care packages. Now, this is a really great way. Think of yourself as a basket maker, right? And you just get um, inexpensive baskets. I like them from Target or the dollar store or Walmart or Home Goods. I like to get some sort of basket that can also be used for something else. Sometimes I'll use laundry baskets. And sometimes they'll be just like essentials where it's paper towels and toilet paper. And it could be, I also love hygiene kits, like a hygiene care package or hygiene kits that you could put together. Um, and then you can just go to the shelters and hand them out depending on, you know, how many you make and how many people I'm telling you, though, you want to connect with the shelter directors to really know what you're walking into. You don't want to have, you know, you don't want to have. 20 families there and show up with five baskets and everybody's everybody's there at the same time. If that's the case, if you want to do 20 baskets, then maybe we make them smaller and we can reach out to our group of people. Again, 
you are the organizer. Don't picture yourself having to actually buy everything. Maybe you put out something, you email everyone in your contact list, you text everyone and you say, Hey, we are putting together these care packages for these families in need, specifically these kids in need. And here's a list of all the different items that we would love to put in these baskets. If you can drop it off at our house anytime during this week, you know, December 1st to December 5th. Or again, if you are partnering with a business like a dentist's office, or, you know, if you'd rather not people come to your house, or if you set it up with your school, drop it off in the box at the school front office. Um, I find though, the more personal you can make it, the more people are really going to do it. Like if you can really share the stories, get on Instagram stories and say, Hey, I just got off the phone with the director of this soup kitchen. And she told me specifically that we have this many kids and here's the need. And I would love it if you guys could help contribute and bring things in. So that way it makes it real. It just doesn't feel like another kind of like toys for tots box that you see in different, in different places all the time during the holidays, not to downplay that at all. I'm just saying to have more participation. Um, if you give, if you give the human element, just be honest and, and share what you've learned, share the experiences so they know who they're helping and they can see that it's actively helping people in the community. You know, it's people living close to us and kids. It's just so fulfilling. And I'm telling you, if you get the message out there, people will help. That's one of the most fulfilling things at running a nonprofit myself for this many years is you see so much good in people. You know how you have those like irritating days where you're going around and people are just rude or people are, you know, cutting people off when they're driving or honking or just, just, I don't know, being a-holes, right? Like it's easy to be like, God, people just suck. But the flip side of that, especially when you're doing nonprofit work is you get to see how many people are incredible, how many people will go above and beyond. Um, another idea that I've done is build backpacks for kids for school. Now, this obviously works best in August before school starts. It's a fresh backpack with school supplies. But honestly, this works any time of year. Most kids are using older backpacks or hand-me-downs or donations that have come in that are used backpacks. So you could do it anytime. And it's so practical. It's something they'll use every single day to do fresh backpacks with some school supplies. Another thing you can do is think about the people you know that work for businesses. Maybe you know someone who owns a school supply um, company or store or has a connection at Staples or has donated to a different uh, um, a different company. It's amazing when you really think about the people you know and people that your friends know. It's amazing how you can really get some good donations. And get creative. Maybe you are you put it out there and you put it out there, talk on Instagram stories, even if you've never talked before. Get out there and really put some passion behind the cause. Say, hey, we are putting together 50 backpacks for kids in need. But again, we want your kids to, we want your kids to do as much of the, the actual work as they can. But they need you as a facilitator. A lot of them are going to be too young to do a lot of the parts of this. So I didn't want to lose focus of that. But back to Instagram stories or whatever way you get things out, group text or email, and really tell people, this is what we're doing. Think about who you know. Who do you know who could help us get? We're trying to get a pack of pencils, a pack of crayons, a backpack, um, you know, a notebook, whatever, whatever your list is. That's what we're trying to get. If you have any resources, please reach out to me. I would absolutely love to fill these backpacks as much as we can for these kids who really need it. 
just by organizing it and getting all the ideas together and then putting it out to your network of people, you will be shocked at how much feedback you receive and how people want to do good and want to help others and will will call in a favor to help strangers. Like that's the best thing ever. It it just it's very very cool to see and it's also very cool to see the people in your life that you love already in this way and donating so generously with their time or the items they donate it just it makes you see them even better than you did because it's just such a cool selfless thing to do okay more ideas help fund kids who need money paying for sports. I touched on this earlier, but you can connect with the groups and offer. Say, if there are kids who can't go on school field trips or play sports or do these things, and usually it's somewhere between like $20 and $60 in my experience, uh, reach out to us and we will help get it funded. Next, do a blanket drive for new blankets. I love this in the winter. You could do some creative little graphics with it. You could, you could name it something creative. And it also simplifies it. I love a simple message when you're asking people to help. Listen, we are doing a blanket drive, especially if you live somewhere cold. We are donating brand new warm blankets to every child or every member of this shelter. There's 120 homeless people living in this shelter. Or, and listen, the word homeless, we typically think of like people laying on the streets, which is definitely not what it is in most cases. It's people who uh, maybe lost their home for whatever reason, and groups often live in one house. So picture one big house filled with cots and it's families and they stay together and they have their little area and the kids go to school and the parents go to work or try to find work. And then they come back and it's all lots of different. That's where I started volunteering is a shelter like this in Santa Ana, California. And it was like a big house that um, had been converted into one of these shelters where homeless families could find um, temporary housing. So you could do a blanket drive, do blankets, and you could even deliver the blankets to kids in hospitals, like cozy blankets. Um, you know, it's soft and warm and supportive. It just feels like, you know, a loving, warm hug. So I'd love that. You could make friendship bracelets and sell them like you would at a lemonade stand. So kind of the same thing, like a hot cocoa stand, make friendship bracelets. This where this is where their brain dump really comes into play. Whatever they love. Say they're into the whole Taylor Swift bracelet making thing. Cool. Lean into that. So it's something they're going to be passionate about. Maybe they want to make bracelets and deliver them to kids. Maybe they want to deliver them to kids at soup kitchens or shelters. Now, sometimes you're not able to connect with the the kids or the families or the people in need directly. And we just have to kind of respect that. Like I said earlier, sometimes people are in these shelters that they're, you know, kind of in hiding. If they're leaving a a situation that had domestic abuse of some sort, um, then you might not be able to connect with them because it's a very private type situation. Other times you can. They'll say, okay, come over to the shelter between two and three. We'll tell everyone who lives here, oh, another lives here to come into the courtyard and, and they can all kind of come about. And it's just like kids interacting with kids. One thing, another type of group you can reach out to is these sort of apartments that are transitioned, like transitional housing. 
So it's people where they're able to get free rent for a six months or one year kind of max to get back on their feet, right? For people who need help there are, are programs like that. So those are the type of um, places that you can look for. So I've done great things like that where we are, we're not, you know, singling them out like, you know, kids are helping, you know, coming to help kids in need. It's just more like between two and three come in the courtyard of the apartment complex and we're going to have blankets to hand out to everyone, something like that. And you can really interact and see how grateful they are and see what a special moment it is. And it's just, it's gratitude. Your kids will have appreciation for things in a way that they didn't before because it's such a, such an impactful experience. Next, you could build holiday Thanksgiving baskets with meals that families can prepare for Thanksgiving or warm up for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving baskets and sort of like holiday slash Christmas baskets of food are really great to give. You could even do if you, depending on timing, you could do like more pantry items. It doesn't have to be a Thanksgiving meal, but those kind of care packages, care baskets are so great. Like I said, I love a laundry basket with sort of life essentials. Um, I love um, uh, hygiene kits. And then of course, like food and pantry baskets always goes a long way. Again, the whole key to this is realizing you don't have to pay for everything. You are the one setting it up, making the connections. You make the connections, you make the plan, and then you get your army to support your project or your kid's project. Again, depending on their age, if they are older, there's so much of this. You will be so surprised that they can do on their own. Help guide them and make sure it's a good plan, make sure that it's going to work, make sure that it's easy enough for people to contribute and support your cause. We don't want it to be too complicated to where people are like, I just don't have time to do all that. Like, Make it easy. Make it simple. Make it so that it has maximum benefits for the group or the families or the kids that you are trying to support. But by having your kids be involved in every step, they will feel so invested in it and call it their project. Even if there's, you know, support or quite a bit of support that you need to do for it, I'm telling you, them taking ownership of it and getting their friends involved and talking about helping others, that's what this whole thing is about. It's at teaching our kids at a young age about helping others. So it's ingrained in who they are. It's part of their being. It's part of their character, thinking of others and thinking of ways to volunteer and support people who need it in the ways that are fun for us and interesting for us and things that we're passionate about and share those passions, whether it's handing out friendship bracelets or whether it's raising money by selling your friendship bracelets. There's just so many ways to help families and kids in need. Um, My whole goal was to give you lots of different ideas so that you could just kind of run with it and really like break down the idea of like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like I broke it down for you in this episode. You contact the groups locally that have the kids or the families in need that really are the most in need. Um, and connect with them and ask the right questions, get to the right person there and figure out what's the need, what would be most helpful, what are the majority of these families facing, what are their struggles, what's the, what's the situation, what could they use the most, what would impact the lives of, of these kids. And for me, even if like for the happiness project, 
um, for so many years, like 10 years before COVID, I did a huge holiday party at South Coast Plaza once it shut down. So the mall closed at nine. At 9.01, we bust in kids. And I mean, hundreds of kids. We did usually six buses with a hundred kids per bus. So we would have 600 kids and I had like one-to-one ratio. So 600 kids, 600 volunteers all through South Coast Plaza, which if you're not local, it's like the biggest, the biggest kind of like, um, I don't want to say most glamorous. It's just like the biggest mall in in Orange County where it's um there's a beautiful reindeer carousel and Santa with Santa Santa's village and then the the wings of the mall we turned into like a carnival. So I would rent tables and linens and set them up all down two of the wings. And then I would get volunteers to just like host a station. So cookie decorating station. And we tried to do stuff for all ages. So it would be like ages three to six, 16 were the kids that came, the kids in need. So we, and boys and girls with all different interests. And so I would get like Sephora would send their people down and they would do makeovers. And my friends, um, Wynn and George, who own Paul Mitchell Academy, the hair school are so amazing. Every year they would send stylists who would do braids and styles on the kids' hair. We would have a gaming section and a sports section. I mean, just like the coolest, there would be, um, like animal service dogs that you could pet and games like fun games where you would like kind of carnival games where you would um, pick up a rubber ducky with, with a little ring and then see what you get and win a prize. So many cool activities. It was just like, it was just magic. Like the, the level, the feeling in that mall from 9 p.m. to midnight, which is the only time we could do it because we had to do it when the mall was closed because we took over the entire mall. Every child started with a photo with Santa and then they were free to go anywhere else they wanted, visit whatever interested them. And one volunteer walked them through the entire experience. At the very end, they collected a gift bag of presents that was um, that was put together for their age and their gender, like a huge bag. South Coast Plaza actually donated their like big shopping bags that we would fill that we took weeks. My team and my warehouse, we collected toys and books and toiletries and school supplies, and we would pack them and shoes and clothing too, beanies and hats. And we would pack them ahead of time, load them up on a huge truck and have the truck, uh, pull the truck up unload all the bags. So as the kids came out of the experience, they grabbed their gift bag. So they had one full gift bag of all the activities and crafts and prizes they won, their picture with Santa, all the stuff from the event. And then they would also get a bag of gifts. And most of the kids wait until Christmas Eve or whenever they celebrate um, to open the presents because they wanted something to open. And most of them likely wouldn't have any presents to open on Christmas if it wasn't for this event. Um, there would be meals inside dinner and ice cream. And they walked around with a volunteer who was just like full of life. Like they want to be there. They want to donate their time. They know that this is Christmas for these kids or Hanukkah or whatever they celebrate. This is it this night. And it was usually like the first Friday in December. So it wasn't because the mall kind of starts staying open later and, and it becomes more difficult. Um, so even though it wasn't it wasn't right at Christmas week, it was just the most magical. My whole point of this story is just that experience, right? For the kids that are there, they're there for like each ch- each child is in the experience for like three hours. 
it's not just those three hours. It's the feeling, the looking forward to it and the anticipation, but also like that feeling of love and support. And like, even if a lot of times with the children that we work with around age 12 or so, they start to kind of be more sad because they are more aware of, you know, the, the hardships that their family has and their situation. And so seeing those kids come in and just be so excited and so grateful to get to do this and know that this part, those volunteers are there making them feel like they are the most special person on earth. Like we did all of this for you. We want you to have as much fun as we, as you can. This night is all about you. That doesn't just last three hours. It like, it gives them a feeling of love and hope and inspires them, inspires them to do good themselves and inspires them that even if they're going through a rough time in life, this isn't forever. There are happy days and fun celebrations and people who want to support them and people who care about them. It just, I'm telling you, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. And the kids who came for many years in a row would come and they would say, like, I look forward to this all year. This is my favorite day of the year. And for me, that was just like the most rewarding feeling. And especially the first, the first, well, I mean, it's always a ton of work just because it's so many logistics and so many people And South Coast Plaza has security and management and staff. And there's lots of meetings and lots of logistics, of course, right? Like it's, it's, you know, it's at a, a very prestigious and fully established business. We have, you know, um, need to make sure parking and directionally, it's just very complicated. Isn't every single year that I did it, it was so complicated, but it was just so worth it. Like so, so worth it. And I know you'll feel that way about the project that you and your kids create. The other thing that I was going to mention is it's not too early to start now, like start putting out your feelers. And also if you're listening to this at December 20th, it's not too late either. Don't chalk it up to next year call around and be like, Hey, last minute, what do you guys need? What's the situation? What do the families need? What are you hearing? Can you put me in touch with the right person? Um, how many families are in your group? How many kids, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's never too late. Start with something small this year if you need to. And if, if you're not sure you want to get comfortable and then, and then level up and scale up next year. But I'm telling you, it gives you, especially ending the year this way, a feeling of a feeling of growth and progress. And it's like you have this deep inner confidence because you're proud of yourself and you're proud of what you're teaching your kids because um, helping others is just something that is so good for our kids to grow up with that mindset, having that, having that in mind, being caring and loving and um, thinking of ways that we can support other people that are going through a tough time. I think it's just it's just magic and you're doing it for others but you will feel so much joy yourself in so many ways that you didn't even expect and your kids will too it's powerful it's meaningful it's fun family togetherness maybe your kids are teens and they kind of are like nah, i don't know or kind of resist give them a little push like tell them like you i know you this is right up your alley. You have such a good soul. Like explain to them why, you know, like even if they're kind of in that preteen, teen mode, like 
you have such a good soul. This is what you're made to do something like this. I, I know you will be great at this. You know, give them a little confidence boost, position them, tell them why, why they are a good fit for this and why this is, you are the type of person that does this, you know, because once we believe that something identified, something, something, you know, aligns with how we identify, it makes us more passionate and more confident and willing to jump in, even if it's the first time we've done it, even if it seems scary or overwhelming or we're unsure, you just dive in because you're the person who wants to do good and wants to spread love in whatever way feels best to you. Thank you so much for listening. This ended up being a long episode. I'm just so passionate about helping others and teaching our kids and showing them how to help others. I really hope this podcast inspired you. Please share it with a friend. Imagine if everyone who listened today shared it with five friends and their kids did a little something to help people in your community, how much more good we can all do together this holiday season. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.